What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Lydia Selcom on the episode today. I'm super excited, you guys. She lives in the UK, but Lydia, you're not from the UK, right? No, I'm originally from um, Canada, from Vancouver Island. Canada. Okay. How long are you living in the UK? I've been here just just over six years now. Okay. It feels like a lifetime, but yeah, six years. Okay. Interesting. I want to know more about that, but yeah. I'm sure it's a part of your, I'm sure it's a little bit of a, a part is, of your yes. story. So <laughs> I'll just talk about you and start wherever you'd like. Perfect. Well, I'll start where everybody else starts. Um, as you said, I'm from Canada and I came to the UK in June, 2013. Oh, sorry. In February, 2013. Um, I was just traveling. Um, my dad's actually from um, the area. So I just wanted to come visit family, kind of find out where he's from. and just have a wander around Europe and no intentions to meet really anybody. Um, I met my husband three months after I came and it was love at first sight. Um, We've now been married three years and we just had our third year anniversary. So it's everything has like fallen into place of basically how, not how I envision my life, but how I would want my life to go. Um, it's been perfect for the last, well, five years, really. Um, we've spent basically our six years together traveling around. Um, it didn't really feel settled until last January or January, 2018, when we bought our house actually in Wales. Um, and then I started to feel settled. Um, I knew I wanted to stay here. I knew that we wanted to grow a family, uh, within the UK. Um, so everything kind of was perfect. Uh, we had our dream home. We had everything that we wanted, good jobs, um, family around us, besides my family that was in Canada, but they were coming over all the time. Um, but yeah, we always talked about starting a family and when the time was right. And it was just on our second year anniversary that we decided, you know what, let's try. But the year before that, I went off birth control to really prep my body and get it ready. I I just actually got diagnosed with endometriosis on Friday. So I've just five days post off of my lap. So I'm a little bit sore today, but recovering. Um, so I've always felt like I was going to have a little bit of a struggle. Um, my struggle, I thought it was going to be getting pregnant. I never in my wildest dreams imagined that staying pregnant would be my problem. Um, I was just naive to the thought of it and it never even crossed my mind. Um, so I, yeah, I always had a feeling that it was going to be, going to be hard. So we started trying 2018 and three months later I fell pregnant. So it was, it was quick. It was, we were very happy. Um, and like I said, in my wildest dreams, I never imagined that it wouldn't, that we wouldn't be able to stay pregnant. Um, so we were over the moon because we were spending time with family in Canada. So we were going back to Canada in, um, December. So we thought we could maybe potentially have a scan before, 
get everything kind of in order. Um, unfortunately, the midwife didn't want to see me until I was back. Um, so that didn't make me feel very, very easy. But I just thought, you know what, this is how it is. I have never been pregnant before. I haven't really had any friends in the UK that have been pregnant that I could talk to. So I just thought it's normal. Um, so we told Paul's parents before we left. And we just kind of went over how we envisioned telling my family, um, telling my friends. Um, my sister knew and um, one of my best friends, Jenna, she knew. Um, so we had their help in planning kind of how we would tell them um, how we were going to tell my parents. We arrived in um, Vancouver and um, it happened to be the day after the worst storm of Vancouver Island has ever seen. Um, so ferries weren't running planes weren't running so our plan didn't work out for my parents um but we decided to go back to the island tell my parents and we told them all were candlelight so it just it didn't really plan out I should have took that as a sign but we just carried on and the next day we told my best friends um I just have to say that that was one of the most precious moments that I will cherish forever um having that video of telling my best friends and just having that moment that we'll never be able to experience I feel like that again um it it, it breaks my heart thinking about it now but I'm glad that we we got that moment and I yeah just having that moment I just really cherish it um so over the next couple of days we celebrated um, planned who was coming out to, to the UK, who was going to visit when, um, what we we're going to do with the baby's room, and just all the things that you kind of go over. Um, it was our time to really celebrate with my family because I knew that they wouldn't be able to, to spend time with us when we're pregnant. Um, so yeah, we just, we just planned and just kind of celebrated. And um, we even had photos taken. My best friend's a photographer. So we had some baby photos taken um, to announce that we were pregnant. So we got some props, some couple of gifts that we were given over Christmas. And um, the photos were, were perfect. I haven't seen them since she took them. Um, I don't think I could bring my heart to see them yet. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that they are, they were stunning. I, when I saw them, when she told, showed me them when we were on the mountain, and it, yeah, they were, they were beautiful. And I just, I, I hope one day that we could take a look at them, but. What is, and, and my sister and mom, I decided to plan a scan for um, them to come and be with us as we were going back to the UK and they wouldn't have any really part of any of our journey. So I booked it um, and we got there and she said you were measuring really small it was just one of those she couldn't tell me anything it couldn't she couldn't give me any date she couldn't really give me any measurements just that the baby was measuring small um you could tell she felt bad she told me that i didn't have to pay um she sincerely felt awful about it um but of course my sister said your dates are probably off don't worry about it and we still had about a week and a half left of the trip and my nerves after that, I feel like that whole rest of the time that I should have been soaking up friends and family, it was it was just ruined by that sinking feeling in your stomach. And you just know, you know, like when you know, you know that something's mm -hmm. not, not 
right? Um, and then kind of a light bulb moment, your boobs stop hurting. Um, I didn't have any other signs, which my husband always said, when you do fall pregnant, you're going to be the worst person getting sick all the time. Because <laughs> um, naturally, I just feel like when I am sick, I'm sick and no symptoms. So I was like, yes, this is amazing. I got this and sore boobs, fine. Um, I can handle this, but they just instantly stopped hurting. And um, so I, as I said, I didn't get a chance to see the midwife or anything before we left. Um, so I, I just had her number just based on what the, um, the doctor's office gave me. So I gave her a call and she says, well, I recommend you calling the early pregnancy unit. So I called them. The first question is, are you bleeding? And in my head, I kind of stopped a little bit. I'm like, yes, I am. I had no sign of bleeding. I just thought, you know what? They're not going to get me in unless I lie. So I just felt <laughs> compelled. Call. Yes. I felt compelled to lie. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I never, I've never been in this situation before and I haven't really known anybody else that has. So I just felt that, you know what? I'm not going to get where I want to be unless I lie. It's just a little white lie, but I knew something wasn't right. So, um, yeah, so I called the midwife. I got them to book me in literally the first minute I stepped off that flight. So we got home that night. The next morning we were in. Um, I couldn't get there fast enough. So I knew, I knew something wasn't right. Um, so we booked that first scan. She confirmed we were measuring at six weeks, which we should have been nearly 11 at that point. Um, so they sent me away, even though we knew. But it was, since it was the first scan from them, they need to do a reassurance scan in a week's time. So we went back a week later. Um, between that week, I had to be away for work for four days. I have no idea how I got through that. I don't know how no one sensed something was wrong. I, it was a blur. I, I'm usually smiley, everything, and I, I must have just carried that on and didn't give a presence of something was awful going on in my life. Um, again, no idea how I did it, but I did have a friend that went through a miscarriage a couple months before that, which she was my saving grace then. And I think she carried me through the week. So we got back to the Friday. Um, first thing in the morning, we had the scam. And again, everything was reconfirmed from them. They booked me in for a DNC on the Monday. And they were sending us home. And then they said, give us a call if anything happens. And you're like, okay, I will. And you're thinking, what's going to happen? But you're not actually thinking what's going to happen. You're like just taking it in and it's going in one year and out the other. And you're thinking, I should have asked questions. I, yeah. What's, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like what, what possibly could happen? And I've gone this, I've gone about four weeks without a sign of anything. And I'm like, surely nothing's going to happen. And, um, they could give you a little bit more advice. Like if you start bleeding, this is what to expect. But if something happens, like you just kind of like, like what, what the hell, what's going to happen. And, um, so Saturday came, went, um, I just kept myself busy, did a massive junk out, had no symptoms. Sunday morning, I woke up and gushes of blood. It started from the second I stood up. Um, and then I'm thinking like, Oh, this is something that happens. And they could have maybe warned me a little bit. Is it normal? So we called them and they said, how many pads are you feeling? At that point, I was feeling over two pads an hour um, and it was getting a lot worse. And as we got the news on the Friday, I didn't have a shower. 
on the Saturday. I thought, you know what, I'll have a shower Monday morning. I just let myself be. I kind of let myself go for the weekend, as you do when you're not feeling that great. And it just kept coming and coming. I had a shower and my husband had to clean all the clots. Sorry, a lot of information, but my husband had to clean the clots out of the drain because they were not going down the drain. They were so big. And at this point, I'm like, you know what, I need to go in. I need to get some help because I don't know if this is normal. This can't be normal. Um, and it just, it just didn't feel right. So I put on a big pad. Um, as I said, I have endometriosis. So my periods are quite heavy anyway. So I usually wear a pad and a tampon. Um, and the night pads that basically are diapers were, um, were, I got, I put it on, walked to the car and I was already soaked down my legs into my shoes. So it was, it was a lot of bleeding and it, it was, it was quite scary. And I just, I, I, wish I was mentally prepared for it but I wasn't um so the clots were massive um so soon as we got to the to the hospital there was no one in sight I remember I saw the saw the um janitor and I was like sorry I need some help and she's like I think you need to go in that room and it was like a ghost town on the Sunday there was no one around so for me I'm like oh my god is this normal and I I just felt like I wasn't going to get the help um but I met this amazing lady named Pauline which she's going to come up a few times. Um, but she put me into a bed straight away. She's like, I thought you were coming. It's okay. So she laid me down, um, got me dressed into a gown and started to clear all the clots. Um, and that happened for a good few hours Did a nice little clear out. Um, I think just got worse and worse and worse. I just started to get shaky. Blood loss started happening. So they put me in for emergency DNC. Originally it was supposed to be on the Monday but they got me in. Um, it got pushed back quite a few times because there was women that needed um, emergency C-sections, which I get it. Um, if you can get your live baby out safe and sound, then please, like that, that was my thoughts. And um, it just, just felt the day was just dragging on. Um, so a couple hours later, this is probably, we went in about six o'clock in the morning. I probably had my DNC at about three and after that, everything was, was good. Um, I spent another night in the hospital and then they sent me home the next day. And that was it. No follow-up. Um, they said, you're fine. No follow-up and no leaflets. Just sent me home. And as I was in a state of shock, I'm just thinking, I'm like, is that it? Is that it? And, and I heard multiple times over, over the 24 hours that it's just bad luck. I think I'm like, this is really bad luck and I know it happens my mom's had a miscarriage but I just can't I can't imagine how the luck can just be so bad um so as the as the weeks progressed I didn't feel very good I went in for um a blood test just for my doctor I called them up I just wasn't feeling myself and um, they called me back within a couple of days and said you need to get on iron tablets right away as um, they said, my blood level was really low. So I just thought they should have, they should have done that for me and they should have supported me with that. So that miscarriage, I feel like was a learning curve. Um, and I guess it could have been normal, but I guess it was normal for me as I was starting to realize. Um, and just the help from the hospital and the support that you don't get 
it was just, it just blew my mind. And that's why this podcast has just been so supportive because I feel like the podcast and everyone that's been on it has just been with me through my journey. And as I go, as January, when it happens, as I go on the months and then now I'm into my second miscarriage, I feel like I'm saying, yep, yep, yep. I just, I can relate to absolutely everything and every single podcast that it's just, it's great that I do have the support, even though it's not from where it should be coming from. So thank you for, for doing the podcast. I love that. I love that you're getting that from this. Yeah. It's amazing. I work in field sales. So I'm, I'm on the road eight Mm -hmm. hours a day. So I, I pop it in my car. It's probably not the best before you're going to a meeting to to be listening (laughs) to something like this. But for me, it has, it has definitely, definitely just carried me along, got me through. I don't know how I got through the first one. And certainly I don't know. I didn't think it would happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the second time I was feeling optimistic. Um, I fell pregnant again about three months later. Um, it was, it just had to, it had to work out. The, the due date was around the same time that we lost um, the baby stopped growing last time. So it was December. We were, our due date was actually December 25th this time. So I just thought, you know what, this is perfect. It just, it just has to be, everything was falling into place. I was feeling sick. I was welcoming all of those feelings. Boobs were hurting more. Boobs were growing. I just thought, you know what? And I even had, um, I even felt sick. I even was sick before my period. So I was like, you know what? My hormones must be, must be on on point where they need to be. And I didn't question it. I just thought, you know what, let's, it's just bad luck last time. Carry on. There was an episode that was on the podcast and she said, um, I can't remember who it was. She said, I am pregnant today. And that got me through basically every day of the last pregnancy, just say I am pregnant today and not thinking about the next day really helped me. I think just you can't think into the future, but um, it's hard not to. As much as I tell myself that, it's hard not to. Um, So I didn't really think it would happen again. Um, So three months later, we were pregnant. Like I said, I was feeling all the things, all the things that I feel like I should have felt. Um, It was coming to a long weekend. Things were progressing great. I was... um, just almost seven weeks I started to bleed I went to the early pregnancy unit um they said I had mild bleeding it was fine um just go home see how it goes I had bleeding for about three to five days um they just let me go they didn't do any hg testing nothing they just said you know what you're fine there's mild bleeding, just carry on. Um, I, I tried to get into the GP to try and get an HCG test done. And it was four weeks till they could get me in. I was, I was like, what? Four weeks. I'm like, I I need to know today or I need to know tomorrow. And for me, I'm like, there was just no support and people just weren't understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I haven't met a midwife. I physically have not met a midwife at this point. So I, I didn't have any support. I didn't know anybody to call. Um, I just, I just felt alone. I feel like as soon as you are pregnant in the UK, I feel, or anywhere, I feel like you should have that appointment mm-hmm. and be aware of the risks of what can happen, who to call, 
what to do, what to look out for. And just, just to know and just have that support. And I feel like that is massively lacking. And I do hear a lot. So for me, that would have eased my, eased my mind. Um, so I just carried on. I, in my heart, I knew something really wasn't right, but we ended up getting um, an emergency scan on that Friday. So this was Monday that I was waiting. They got me in for a so-called emergency scan on the Friday. So there was those days in between that I'm like, I cannot carry on. I can't go to work. My brain will not be functioning if I do not that's know what's thing. going on. That's the thing. You can't Awful. think about anything else. You can't. And until you're you like, get your answers. You're looking at someone in the face and you're like, oh my goodness, like how? Like I, I felt so sorry for the people that I had to deal with mm-hmm. between all these miscarriages and through these miscarriages because I feel like I have just been in a daze and looking at them probably so blankly without even taking in an ounce of what they're saying. Um, so they got me in for the emergency scan on the Friday, but I ended up calling a private, um, a private hospital to get in for a scan on the Tuesday. So the next morning, um, which really eased my mind. Um, so we got in there and everything was measuring great. Um, there was a good heartbeat. So I was measuring at five and four, um, which is everyone always says it's strange to have a heartbeat but there was, and they said it was strong. Um, in the UK, they don't let you hear it. Um, I'm not too sure if that's the same everywhere else, but they don't let you hear it until I think your second or third scan, just because they don't want to go by um, beats per minute. They just want to just you to see it. They, they won't show you the beats per minute. So um, we had that scan, and I kept my, um, my hospital scan as well. So we had our scan on the Tuesday, measuring five and four, and then on the Friday, Again, heartbeat, measuring at five and four. So there was no growth in those three days, which worried me somewhat. But I was told, don't worry about that. Scans could be off. Systems are different everywhere you go. So I let that go. Um, and I still think that probably the systems could be off. Um, so everything everything looked great. Um, we did have a private scan books um, three weeks later because we originally booked it because our hospital one wasn't until after 13 weeks that was our first hospital scan which was quite late I feel so we booked in a a private scan again with the same girl and um, everything was looking great so we measured at eight and five and strong heartbeat she said um finally I was like you know what I need to tell work we were going on a, a, a sailing trip and everyone was drinking um and people would be moving around the boat. So I feel like I have to make sure that they know. So I'm not moving around a lot. I just didn't want to risk. I just wanted to protect the baby as much as possible. I think you do everything to like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, to not, I'm yeah, to, to not hurt the baby. And you just think moving around, you're like, Oh my God, a sailboat, how dangerous can this be? (laughs) Every little thing you're like, sit up. So I don't want to do them. Yeah. Every (laughs) excuse to just like protect the baby. So, um, told work, um, at that point, I was just under 13 weeks when I told work. So three weeks later, um, sorry, I was, I was just under 13 weeks when I told work. I told work and then that week I started to bleed um, and it came on fast and heavy. So it came on a lot quicker than last time. Um, 
so we went straight to the ER this time. I never called early pregnancy unit because I didn't have their, their direct number. I didn't have a contact there. So we went to ER. They were amazing. Um, admitted me right away. I saw Pauline, the lady who helped me before. And when I had bleeding, she was incredible. So it was a familiar face. Unfortunately, it's not a face that you want to see when you're there a third time um, for bleeding, but it was yeah, it was, it was coming on strong. So anyways, we got the scan by a doctor um, and he asked me if I had any, any medical history issues or anything. And I said, endometriosis. He said, no, you don't. I said, sorry. And he said, you don't have endometriosis. And I said, okay, how do you know? And he said, because you wouldn't fall pregnant, not twice, at least it would take you ages. And I said, okay, but I'm like almost positive I do have it. I'm just in the works of getting diagnosed. And he said, yeah, you don't have it. I was like, okay, okay, that's fine. So I just let it go because wasn't, I wasn't going to argue <laughs> at that point. And um, so we did the scan. Wasn't, wasn't what we wanted to hear. Um, he did say my cervix was closed before he did the scan. He said, you look fine. Cervix is closed. And he's like, let's do a scan just in case. And I'm like, why am I bleeding so much? If, if there's nothing wrong. So he did the scan and it wasn't the news that we wanted. So he ordered um, an internal scan just to confirm. And that's same thing as him. He confirmed that it wasn't a viable pregnancy anymore. So um, we got in our own room, which I'm really grateful for, because I know a lot of women who are going through things have to share a room. So we got in our own room. Um, we were told that we could um, go home and change, shower if we wanted to get some tea and come back, or we could stay at home and then come back in the morning for the DNC. I decided, you know what? I last time I I couldn't imagine staying at home and, and doing this and not having the support that I did. Um, so I went back. Um, bleeding was getting heavier and heavier. So I went home, showered, had dinner, came back about nine o'clock, and um, the bleeding was just getting worse and worse and worse. Finally, I got to sleep. And my husband has gone home because he's like, I'll come back before the DNC. He could have spent the night, but I'm like, you go home, get a good night's sleep, and I'll see you before the surgery. Um, so Paul left, and I had to call him at 4.30 in the morning because I, I got up to use the toilet and um, felt a couple big gushes, and um, I had the baby. The baby was laying in the pad nothing around it just the baby um I was really shocked at first um I didn't really know I didn't expect to see that I just thought more blood clots but just the baby was laying there in the pad um just shocked and I think I was quite distraught um, I remember ringing the bell a couple times for the nurses they finally came and they took the baby away and got me into bed and then that was the last they didn't they didn't say anything else about the baby it was like that was it you passed the baby you're done that's it so I called Paul um, because I just I just knew I couldn't do this alone so he came back and I just started to, to bleed heavier um, so as they said, I passed the baby, they thought everything was done. Um, so the night shift staff was incredible. They were so tentative. They just, they were so sympathetic. Um, always checked it on me. They, they were just 
doing everything that they possibly could. Um, coached me through what's going to happen next. Um, we were going to go for a scan in the morning and then for a DNC if everything hasn't passed. And soon as that night shift team went home at seven, the day shift came on. Things completely changed. There was no scan. DNC wasn't going to happen. They told me that the scans just don't happen. They don't do it that way to see if anything, um, everything has passed and probably won't be having a DNC because of that you've probably passed everything. Um, and I was also told that I was bleeding lightly. Um, so I, long story short, I wasn't. Um, I just remember asking the nurse and I was like, this is light. And she's like, yeah, this is light. And it's like, how, how does someone do this at home? And she said, people do it at home all the time. And I'm thinking, I'm like, there's no way in hell that people do this at home. And she was like, it happens. And I was like, okay, just trust the process. I'm like starting to like, just, just trust the process, Lydia, just, just go with it. And um, I just knew deep down that something just wasn't right. Um, I got up, I passed between 7am and about 10, 11, I've passed multiple blood clots um, to the point that I had to push them out and pull them out. So they were, they were large and this was normal apparently. Um, and then finally I went to the toilet and I passed out on the floor. I just remember sitting there and I, I managed to call Paul and I said, Paul, I'm like, get the nurses. And I just remember sitting on the floor. I'm like, I can't get back up. I'm like, I just, this it just felt like this is where I was just going to be for the rest of my life I literally just felt like I could not get off that floor and um the nurses came picked me up I passed out them I don't remember much between passing out sitting on that floor and going in for the DNC, emergency DNC I just remember them fussing around me trying to get clots out um I was told that there was a clot that was sitting on my vein that was causing me to pass out. So that's when they rushed me in quite quickly for emergency DNC. So everything wasn't out um, and the bleeding was just carrying on. So they were going to monitor my bleeding and possibly send me home before that. So I'm just, I can't imagine if I was at home of how it would, how it would have played out. I'm just um, sitting here like those sons of bitches. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I just <laughs> remember she. I feel so. I can't imagine she what had, you're feeling. No, and it, I just felt. I just felt. I don't even know. I just was so angry, and um, I just remember the girl. I just. I don't remember her face. I just remember she had blue hair, and that's the only. And she just. That's the one that said, "Yep, yeah, this is leading lightly." And I'm thinking, I'm like, what? This is not leading lightly. And I know they always say like a heavy period, and I'm thinking, mm -hmm. I'm like, this is just beyond. This mm -hmm. is like beyond. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what? I just, I just couldn't fathom the idea of like this being normal. And I guess, I guess it's now normal for me to bleed like that. Um, but so passed out, had the DNC. Um, it, it was all, it was all quite quick after that came back. Um, I spent um, three days in the hospital with just them monitoring me. Blood pressure was up and down. Um, I think I just lost so much blood. I don't know at what point they did measure my blood when I first came in or if it was after they realized that I was bleeding quite a bit. Um, but they, yeah, they, I, yeah, like I said, I don't know when they measured it, but I know the next day when they did take my bloods, it was very, very low. Um, 
So I had to either do a blood transfusion or an iron infusion. So two lots of iron infusion. So I'm like, I think I'm like, I don't want to step foot back in this hospital. Um, I'm not going to take the iron infusion because I just do not want to get an infection and have to be back up here. So I was like, you know what, let's do that iron infusion. I just know that that was at that time, I thought it was a better, a better option. Um, which I regret now because I know the blood transfusion would have helped me get back on my feet a little bit better just physically. Um, and the iron infusion just took a while to kick in. So that's one thing I would, I would just make them give me the transfusion right away. Um, so things just kind of happened, went home. Don't really remember much. Um, it was all a blur. Um, just basically got home and was like, what the hell just happened to me? And it was one thing losing the baby and this one thing just kind of going to that state and not having anybody believe me. And it could have been so much better if they did believe me that I was bleeding heavily. Um, so I just, I basically, I remember sitting in the hospital and called my husband or my husband was sitting right there. And I was like to my husband, I was like, call my Botox doctor and book me a holiday. <laughs> I need, I need, I need Botox right now. Cause I couldn't have it for, for three months before that. Yeah. And it was, it was already running low. Cause I didn't, I, it was about a year before. So I'm like, you know what? Top me up and take me on holiday. I just like, I just didn't know what the hell just happened to, to I me and my husband. I have a Botox appointment today. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, dreamy. I know I'm due for mine. So I need to book mine in, but that's, it's just something that you like, you can't have it obviously when you're pregnant, but that's yeah. something I'm like, just that was like my like this is what I need I need a holiday and I need my Botox done and and he let, just laughed and he's just like okay I, I can't book your Botox but I can book you a holiday so um <laughs> it was that that kind of helped but um so it was it, it basically just not having support from them um so I took two weeks off work um because I did tell work that I was pregnant and and then my husband's dad passed away it was about a week and a half after um, the miscarriage. So I think I was confused of how to, how to grieve or what to grieve for. Um, it, was, it was just a shock to the system um, to just be confused. And I just feel not having any support from the miscarriage, I feel like I, I wish I did. Um, so I... I'm the type of person I do take things into my own hands. If someone doesn't help me, I'll go help myself. So I started looking up any miscarriage therapists or anybody that support groups. Um, I, I couldn't go to the one at the hospital because it has to be three miscarriages so that they wouldn't offer any support groups for um, anybody under that, which is a shame because you still need just as much support. Um, so I, I found one. And they called me and said, it's going to be 10 weeks. And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my God, like 10 weeks. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get through the next week. Like, never mind 10 weeks. I'm like, I need some support. So they ended up calling me back. And it was about three weeks later. They're like, we have a spot on um, Monday, Monday evening at, at seven. Where I'm like, I'll take it. So me and my husband have been going to therapy. Um, we've, we've stopped now cause I want to give someone else a chance cause I know it, it, it helped us a lot. So we've now let someone else take our time slot. Um, but meeting, um, Jill, who was our therapist really kind of let me talk through our feelings, not just through the loss of the miscarriage, but through loss of my father-in-law. And she actually put me in touch with the head of a gynecology department at the hospital that we were at and 
we sat down with her and she admitted, she went through all my records and she admitted they have no system to measure blood loss. They don't know how to measure how much blood you lose. If you lose a finger, if, if you're in a in any or um, ER, you lose a finger or you lose something or you cut yourself, they can measure it there, but not when it comes down to miscarriage. They don't know how to do it. You're handing off your your um, bedpans to one nurse and she's like, oh, that's not much. And then you're doing it 10, 15 times and everyone's saying that's not much, but you're handing it off to a different nurse every time and they don't calculate it. They don't know how much you've lost unless they do blood work as soon as you as soon as you come in and when they think that you've lost a lot they don't know so she said they're going to investigate they're going to try and find a solution for it so just by that I do feel like I can help somebody else in the future and she said it might not be right now but we're we're going to look into it and try and try and support women coming in that are bleeding and hemorrhaging um, so we know and monitor and know know what the women are losing. So that that has really helped me. Um, she's also put in place that we can go in and have scans as soon as basically six weeks onwards. We can go in two to three weeks if we want to, just so we don't get the point that we are hemorrhaging. I think the hospital system made us go a long time without having a scan and we possibly could have prevented being in the hospital at all um, if, if I did have a DNC right away. I'm, I didn't know much about DNCs before, but if I could just have one and get it over with, I think that's, that's the way that I would have done it mm-hmm. right away um, if I had that option. So she did say, we will support you with that. So I do have a game plan that way. Um, so I, I just, I think that is great because I know you can only have like one scan at like 12 weeks and then you have your next one at like 15. Um, I've never got that far, so I don't really know exactly, but I think that will really help my nerves. Cause I'm thinking, I'm like to my husband, he's, he's supposed to go away in November and I'm thinking, I'm like, you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> if I, if I'm between, the, if I'm between that six and 10 week mark, you're not going anywhere because being here, I don't have. A massive support system so I'm like who would I call um so he's like don't worry I wouldn't leave you so I just feel like if I have a scan a reassurance scan and then even if I go away for work I'm thinking I'm like I don't want to be away by myself for two three days and it happened when I'm away so I just mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that everything is is kept like we can keep things keep close eye on things basically mm-hmm. um so yeah, I just wanted a game plan. Um, I tried to get into a reoccurring miscarriage clinic. They won't have me um, as a third miscarriage, which I think is so cruel. I know it's pretty much everywhere nowadays, but yeah, I think after the second, you need you need some answers. At least get them to try for some answers, just some blood work, just to say that they are are trying. And just not a simple no. We can't help you. Or is bad luck. I you agree. just want to know. You just want to yeah. know. Um, so it's just it's been it's been a whirlwind of emotions. Um, I have just learned how to really trust my body and know when something's not right. And I feel like now I do I do know if I don't have the symptoms um, or symptoms have subsided. Um, I I probably will 
freak out massively. Um, but I feel like I do have a little bit of support with the scans. Um, but I feel like the hospital system needs to step up their game and really just support women of what to expect and just help us out when we do miscarry. I feel like it's just one of those things that will not happen unless we speak about it. I haven't been vocal about my two losses. Um, I, I just felt like my job could possibly be in jeopardy. Um, that's why I was a little bit reluctant to tell them as, as a woman in sales, it's quite crucial, especially Christmas time. Um, I just felt like I, I couldn't tell them. So I felt like I, I feel like I would have spoken out a bit more about it if it wasn't down to my job. Um, now that they know that I was pregnant, second time, they don't really know about the first time. Um, but I, I do feel talking about it will definitely help mm-hmm. the system. Um, Absolutely. Will, will help spread just just awareness about it. And I feel like there's just such a stigma about miscarriages and no one wants to, no one wants to talk about it for some weird reason, but it happens. And as I'm talking about it, I just had a friend over this morning and she's had over 10 miscarriages and I met her at the gym. And I, if I didn't, if I didn't say, sorry, I can't come today. I, we just had a loss to the gym. Like when she asked me if I was coming to the gym, I wouldn't know. And so just by talking about, it, I have made friends and gained that support network around me, what I needed. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it could be a lot better. I feel like I could have um, more people reaching out to me, um, even just just talking to me about it. I work didn't message me at all once during the miscarriage. They just thought I wanted to be left alone. Um, but for me, I just wanted to know, hey, I got your back. What can we do for you? Um, I don't. I don't need flowers. I didn't need anything like that. I just wanted to know that they were there to support me. If I didn't need anything, and that's yeah, I just feel like there could be a lot more awareness around it. For sure, and just like the awkwardness that people, you can like feel the awkwardness <laughs> off of people when you talk about it. hundred <laughs> percent. And it's like, oh, why? Why are you yeah. feeling so uncomfortable right now with this? Oh, it's, it's it, my um, <laughs> one of uh, somebody that I was speaking to. He's like, I hope you're, I hope you're feeling better. And I'm like, and this is two I'm days after. Sick. I'm like, I'm not I'm, sick. No, I don't have strep throat. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm like, I'm physically a little bit weak but mentally it's like no I'm, I'm not fine but yeah it, my, um, my baby actually died I don't have strep throat but yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so I'm just gonna change overnight um so yeah I feel like people are awkward about it and I think it could be a little bit more of the men that are a little bit more don't want to be able to talk about it um I know my dad he's he's lovely but he just like oh I just I'm so sorry and if you need me I'm here um but as men, I feel like they just don't want to talk about it as much. But mm-hmm. I just feel like unless you've been through it, you don't really know. Um, yeah. I, all my, a lot of my friends, majority of them do have um, kids. And, and I, I, to be honest, I, none of my close friends have had a miscarriage. So I, I am definitely, I'm definitely, I'm glad it's me and not them because I would never wish it upon any of them to have a miscarriage. But you're like, why the fuck is it me? <laughs> why does it have to be me? <laughs> um, but sorry. Um, but no, I feel like it is 
it's just shitty. It is just mm-hmm. shitty. And I just, I think everybody needs to learn how to just take their time to grieve. I, I'm going in waves. One minute I'm, one minute I'm fine. Um, and then one minute I'm like, this, this should be, I should be right now with my friends that have their babies. I just had a friend that gave birth um, two, uh, just under two weeks ago. And I was two weeks ahead of her. I'm like, that, that stung. I'm very happy for her, but that stung. Mm-hmm. Um, it hurts. And you, you, want, you want to be happy for them. And you are. But just having, knowing that they're, they have their, what they want and their miracle is, is, is incredible, but just, it, it does hurt. And yeah. It hurts and it sucks that it hurts. It does. Yeah, exactly. And you just like, you see it on Facebook and you're like, oh my God, I want to write something. I want to say congratulations, but I need my time. And, and you feel, you feel like a bitch. Uh-huh. You feel, you feel like you're, they did something wrong, which they didn't. And, and um, she did say that she knows that she wasn't the person that I, she, that I wanted to see or talk to at the moment, but it's not, that's not the case. Obviously I want to see her and everything. So it's, um, it's just, I think just grieving as well. So grieving, like I said, I, it's a roller coaster. It's just a, a crazy roller coaster that I'm, I'm on and it just feel, I am a different person than I was mm-hmm. last November. Um, I am a stronger person. Me and my husband are tighter than I, I thought we could ever be. Um, it's brought us closer and I love him even more of how he supported me and, and supported us. And it's, it's just shitty. So I, I feel like the journey's not over. Um, we have a private appointment on Saturday. Um, so I, like I said, I am five days past surgery on my endometriosis. They found it in three places. So I do have it. Um, so they did the full, they call it MOT here in the UK, like a full, um, service. So he, he cleared my tubes. He looked at my womb, make sure there's no scarring from DNCs. And he said, you are ready to go. So I and think you are quite uh, yeah. fertile after that. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, she, well, yeah, the doctor did say, I wish I could tell you to go home and have a bottle of wine right now, but I can't because you're just sitting here and you're on heavy drugs and <laughs> just had surgery. But she's like, I wish I could say that. But um, she just said within the next couple of months, this is your, this is your time. And, and she said, don't, don't wait. This is your time. So they didn't find anything. There was no blockage or anything in the tube, but they did say it does, it does help massively. Mm-hmm with a good clean out. And it's just, it's just weird to think that I just have a good clean out. Um, I know a lot of women don't get that opportunity to have that. So I'm, I'm really thankful that they added that on to my surgery. Um, but with my appointment on Saturday, I am feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I can, I can carry on and keep um, going. Yeah. yeah. We, we just got two cats as well. And that's one advice that I would say, get an animal. Get an animal, yeah. Get an for animal. Sure. Get uh-huh. an animal. Um, and they've they've just been they've just been like just amazing. And they've just they're our two little babies and they've kind of just carried us through the last couple of months. And yeah, we're we're very happy with with them for now. Obviously we want our we want our rainbow <laughs> baby, but in the meantime we have our we have our two little kittens. So I was gonna ask you if you had a piece of advice, what would it be? Is it get an animal? It would get an animal. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> get an animal. Get two. Um, no, I would say just just listen to your body and listen to your body knows, 
and then just listen to it. If, if you're feeling off, just lie. That's what yeah, I, I feel bad for saying lie. that. Lie. <laughs> lie through your teeth if you have to, just to get what you need. Not even just physically, but mentally. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a ride. It's a roller coaster. So do what you need to do to get that extra appointment. Um, and if everything's okay, who cares? Just they, they don't care. They're just, it's just hard to get in. Um, it's, their, it's their job, but it's your life. So. It, exactly, exactly. So I think just listen to your body and then your heart as well. If, if you need to take time, if you're not ready to go back to work, if you're, if you're not ready to start trying, um, if you are ready to start trying, just listen to your heart and, and it will tell you. So just listen to your body and heart. I think those are the two, the two things that I, I really go on. And um, I know now to, to stand my ground and, and fight for what I know about my body and, and there will be no hemorrhaging next time because I will make sure that I'm in for that DNC and I'm, I'm all good to go. So I, if there is a next time, I think I'm okay with it. I just want to make sure it's handled the right way. Yeah. You're educated now and you know what you need to do, yeah. which I'm, is a blessing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a blessing in disguise, I guess. Is that like the right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like I, I never would have, I never would have known any of these things um, in my wildest dreams. Like I, I, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't even, when we fell pregnant, I wasn't even um, testing for ovulation. I just knew, I know when my periods are and we, we were trying hard. So I was just like, you know what? There's going to be no fault in this. Um, I don't need to test. And both times I didn't even test. I didn't even really know how to test. Now I'm testing. I'm not even getting any ovulation um, signals or anything. So I'm like, probably just going to go back to not testing um, ovulation. But it's it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I can I can say just just fight yep. hard for for what what you what you believe in and and your heart and and your body and whatever happens happens. And I just and also another thing that I've really learned is just you can't plan everything. I'm mm-hmm. starting to like try to realize that I was hoping to have a baby for beginning of next summer probably not gonna happen so I'm like starting to let life take its course and when it happens it happens so just yeah take one day at a time absolutely now if somebody wants to reach out Lydia is Instagram the best way yes definitely okay and I will go ahead and I'll link your Instagram in the description Perfect. of this episode thank you so much for jumping on oh, no, no your problem, story. Shirley. And thank you for sharing your story and, and creating this podcast for, for all of us. It's really helped me a lot. And I know I'm sure all the other women as well. That oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk soon. Okay. Perfect. Thanks, Shelly. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.